0: You're with Clement Maniatella. 702. All right. So on our Hanging Out feature this morning, I'm so excited to be hanging out with a broadcasting veteran, someone I respect highly in the industry. Uh, she has cemented her place in our homes, in our hearts for so many years. You've seen her on the SBC, You've seen her on ENCA. Her most recent role was, of course, on ENCA when she anchored the primetime news. And her name is Sally Badat And she's hanging out with us this hour. How are you doing, Sally?
1: Hello, Clement. It's so lovely to hear your voice. I'm great. I'm hanging out in Cape Town, which is quite fun. Um, yeah, I'm good. I've been on a sort of six-week holiday since I left ENCA, <laughs> so I'm supremely relaxed. What does that feel
0: like? Because, you know, um, when you're doing a primetime show, you can't really switch off. And I remember mm. I used to, I mean, I've had the pleasure of actually co-anchoring with you at ANCA, and I remember how your almost structure was you know, when you drop off the kids at work, you listen to the radio, and then you always used to make sure you listen to, like, a Mendy Winner at midday, just so yes. you hear what's going on. When you're on holiday now, is that something that you still do, or you completely switch off?
1: No, I've done quite a big switch off. In fact, I was listening with great interest to what you were saying just before the news about mm. the Senzo Mayua trial. I mean, my goodness, how long have we been waiting for answers on that Right. So, uh, immediately, I was like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I have had a big switch off. Um, but of course, I do, you know, I love what I do. And, I, yeah, we had such fun together on air. We really, really did. Oh, uh, we did. Um, it so, was so yeah, much pressure. You know, someone
0: said, mm. you are one of the most meticulous people they know. And I couldn't agree more because, I mean, you are so meticulous. You actually check the intros. You go in and you want to edit the intros, make sure that, like... They're good. And, and I'm sure it's got something to do with having done work as an editor, you know, having worked in print, in radio. But but you work like that. You just want everything mm. to just be right. Um, how what? is that process for you uh, before going on television? Because people often think you just come there and you just read the news <laughs> and do the interviews.
1: Yeah. So um, I think that to be a really engaged presenter of the news and someone who's going to pull it all together – uh, for the viewer, you have to know what each story is about. Obviously, there are loads of people mm. who bring the different stories to the table, but you have to understand the why of each story. Mm. So, if there's a story suggestion and I don't understand why we're doing it, I will keep asking why until I understand it myself. And if um, if the introduction to a package doesn't make sense to me, it's not going to make sense to the viewer. Mm. Mm. And, you know, we've lost an opportunity to connect um, and for me, it's all about meaningful connections and understanding our world, mm. and understanding what's happening in our world and what we should do about it.
0: Oh, I, I like that. I like that. So, I was reading somewhere last night that, and tell me if this is correct, that you co-anchored the SABC's was it the first post-apartheid radio yes. news show, AM Live? When was this? Nineteen ninety-five.
1: It was 1995. Um, I'd actually been at the SABC for a few years before that, mm-hmm. um, so I can still remember the days of when they had a black record library mm. and a white record library. Um, so the white artists were in one library and the black artists were in another library. Mm. Um, I used to sneak into the black record library quite a lot because it was quite fun. But <clears throat> that's how the kind of crazy era that that people of my age emerged from Mm. so when um am live it it basically they they relaunched um radio south africa which was the main english channel after the elections um and we came up with a name for the morning show which was am live and i co-anchored that show with john matham i think i was about Gosh, I was in my mid-twenties at that point, very green, Mm. not really experienced in news. um, And I had to learn really quickly. Luckily, I was surrounded by people like John Matham. And you talk meticulous. You talk someone who really knows Mm. his news. Mm. He's amazing. Um, He's got a wealth of knowledge. He's got a forensic mind. And I learned a lot from him. We only worked together, actually, for about a year. And then he moved down to Cape Town. Cape Talk, I think, yes. And um, then I was on my own for a while. And... You know, Clement morning shows are hard on your own. It's uh, you've got to think a lot on your own. It's nice to have a co-anchor to bounce things off. And then John Maytham, uh, John Pullman. See, I'm getting my John's mixed up. (laughs) (laughs) Then um, John Pullman joined us. Mm. And um, yeah, I did a few more years. And then I moved sort of to the lunchtime show uh, and then into television at the SABC. And then a total departure into print. I'd always wanted to learn how to write for print properly. And Mm -hmm. I worked at Fair Lady for a few years. Then Deborah Patter pulled me back into um, news reading. I actually filled in for her uh, while she was on maternity leave. Mm. Uh, it was sort of early 2000s. And then it just sort of developed from there.
0: Yeah. And, and speaking of the Johns, uh, John Pellman sent me a message uh, this morning uh, when, she heard, when he heard that I'll be speaking to you. And he said... I owe Sally a huge amount. She guided me through my first months at AM Live when I really had no idea what I was doing. Wonderful, generous (laughs) colleague. That
1: is so kind. I really appreciate that. Thank you, John.
0: But what was the environment like at the time? I mean, this is, you know, we're talking here a critical time. The tensions were still high, but also Mm. there was this new wave of excitement of... Oh my God, what is this democracy going to mean for us? And here you are, you know, helping the country navigate and and sort of take in this new world, so to speak.
1: You know, and um, the SABC had very much been repressed uh, during the apartheid years and people were not able to speak freely and ask the questions that needed to be asked. So what happened uh, around sort of 94, 95 is there was an influx of journalists, people coming back from exile, but also a lot of experts from around the world who came in from various countries and helped to build up a new generation of broadcasters and the broadcasters who were open and ready to change helped them to change as well and adapt. So it was a, an incredibly, energized time Charles Leonard was my first boss on SAFM on AM live Um, and he just he was he's a real maverick you know and he just had these wonderful ideas and there was a fantastic energy in fact I was speaking to a couple of colleagues from that era who were saying to me it really was a golden time because we were able to uh speak to people across the world you remember mm. you know you don't remember because you were you were probably too young but I was south four africa, years old well there you go <laughs> south africa was a, was a pariah you know um and we were isolated from the rest of the world so suddenly everyone wanted to come in and help and it was quite a remarkable time it really was the interesting thing though is that uh the new politicians uh i mean certainly the old politicians but we didn't really speak to them as much because they weren't in government anymore but mm. the new politicians Um, were not necessarily used to the media and um, I remember going on a couple of courses and and also from my colleagues learning how to ask questions until you got the right answers you Mm -hmm. know And there's an an amazing moment and I'm sure Clement you've been through that when you finally get the confidence to to stick on a question Mm. that you want an answer to when you finally trust yourself to say actually that person has not answered my question let me ask it again you know and I remember doing that with the labor minister about labor laws that were not being enforced Um, and I just kept asking the question about accountability Um, and I also had, and this is <laughs> Ronnie Castrels who was, was he defense minister, intelligence, intelligence minister at the time? Yeah. Mm. And there was something, we can't even remember. In fact, I bumped into Ronnie Castrels in the EMCA studios just a few months ago. Yeah and he said to me he says you and i had a fight didn't we i said yes we did Mm. he said what was it about i said i can't remember he was very angry with me because i did quite Mm. a hard-hitting interview with him at the time yeah and he said to me he says well i'm sorry about that it was never meant to be personal you know because he Mm. did i think he did find my bosses and get a bit cross (laughs) and um, (laughs) don't they always do that (laughs) well yeah yeah but he said to me he says you know he said i think part of it was we just as the anc we weren't used to being cross question mm. we thought the media should be on our side which of course if you think about when they were fighting apartheid that was absolutely the role of the media in many cases to say this is a just and worthy cause but of course once you're in government you have to take the heat and what I've noticed over the years um, sometimes it was very easy um, to cross question a, a, um, a politician they, they didn't have that media training and they left themselves wide open. Whereas now I've noticed that uh, your politicians are a lot more savvy. They know how to evade questions. Um, and there's also this thing, I don't know if you've picked this up, Clement, with politicians saying, yeah, that is a real problem. No, no, no. So they completely acknowledge mm-hmm. the problem. Mm-hmm. And where do you go from there? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was chatting to a friend of mine about it the other day. I said, I think the only thing is to say, shouldn't you resign? <laughs> mhm.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> And then they'll think, oh, now you're fighting.
1: Yeah, but anyway, that was a long ramble. To wrap it all up, there's been a huge maturing in politicians and how they interact with the media. But also, I think journalism and the media in South Africa is so much more open than those days, and it's been wonderful to see.
0: Yeah. I want us to go to some music. But first, I didn't know that you were born in England. Yes, and you I was. So you left England when? When you were how old?
1: I was I was three, so my, my dad was a geologist, my mum was a nurse, and uh, he got a job opportunity in Pretoria. So we left 1970 when I was three, and we came out to South Africa, spent three years here, went back to England for two years, mm. came back to South Africa. Actually, we started in Ranfantine, because my dad worked on the mines as a geologist. So it were very early days.
0: Interesting. Um, do you still go to England now? And uh, it?
1: Okay. So I, um, well, I mean, we are in the process of relocating, actually, Clement. To um, England. Yeah. So my, half my family is over there at the moment. Mm-hmm. And um, my son is staying in South Africa. He's actually just got into UCT. So he's starting at UCT this year. Um, so I'm settling him. And then I'm going to be heading over to the UK next week.
0: Oh, next week. I hope to see mm. you when I come down in April for the London Marathon.
1: So please come and stay. We're in Windsor. Okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, it's so. there so by cool. the king. By the
0: king, that's so cool. I'm going to come visit for a day. Please do. Please okay, do. so, tell me about oh. this song when you come back oh. and why it's one of your favorites.
1: Look, I interviewed Vusi Mashlasela when I was still in radio for SABC, and there was a, a, a record company called Shifty Records, and they were based in Yeovil. Um, Warwick Swinney and others were involved, and I. I was doing um, I was doing a radio program sort of a pre-recorded re- music program and I actually got to take my little tape recorder and go and interview Vusi, mm. and I heard the first sort of cut of his very first album um, and I just loved his music I mean this is a man from Mamelodi who just the most I mean he's known as the voice for a reason he's just remarkable and his music is so evocative and so powerfully stirring and this song, you know, the song that I've chosen, um, When You Come Back, it's just, you know, it's it's obviously a, an anti-apartheid song and it's about, I would imagine, you know, return, coming home after many years away. Mm-hmm. But for me, the fact that, I mean, I love South Africa so much and the fact that I'm going to spend some time in England doesn't mean I don't love South Africa anymore. Um, I will be coming back to see my son, to do whatever. And mm-hmm. it's kind of got a new meaning for me now, you know.
0: Yeah. Oh, I had him on the show in 2022 and I was so inspired. He's got so oh. many stories to tell. Well, let's listen to the song. This is
2: the unknown grave The one who died maintaining his night His will been so strong and musically inclined He's a sad melody Smoke from the woody fire, and he sang, My boy, Africa. Sing now, Africa. Sing loud, sing to the people.
0: Stories to tell. Well, let's listen to the song. This is the unknown grave. The one who
2: died maintaining his night, his will been so strong and musically inclined. His sad melodies coming out like a smoke from the woody fire, and he sang, "My boo, ye Africa." Sing now, Africa! Sing loud! Sing to the people. Let them give something to the world, and not just take it from it. And will you bring the, the bells when, when you come in? Will you beat the drums? Drums, when you come back home, when you ring the bells, when you come back, when you ring the drums, when you come back home. Our lost African music will turn to the music of the people. He has the people's music, by the people's culture, and I'll be the one who climbed up the mountain, reaching for the top of our Africa dance. The poor woman waiting for the reason Say, Africa, say, Africa, say Sing, sing, Africa, sing, sing, Africa Let us lose your memory All from the people lives in the same Africa, say, Africa, say, Africa say. Our host African music Who will turn into the music of the people Yes, the people's music other people's culture, and I'll be the one who climbs up the mountain, I'm reaching for the top of the world of the days, for the people I want to be working for the days say, I say, 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 say,
0: Badet on the hanging out feature this morning, choosing Vusima Shasela. When you come back, it's one of her favorite songs. Uh, there are many others, well, several others that we'll play before we wrap up our conversation at 11 o'clock. If you've interacted with her, you've worked with her, you've watched her career over the years, you can give us a call on 011 I'm also taking your WhatsApps on 072 702 and 702.
2: Morning Clement, wow You are interviewing my favourite, favourite person in the world Such a lady, you know, calm, sweet You know, oh, I love you my sister You're such an inspiration to me Love you lots and Happy New Year
0: God bless, Bongi Kelvin oh, Beautiful message
1: So lovely, thank yeah. you Bonnie.
0: What lessons have you learned in, in like, the three decades? Um, I mean, when you have people like that who say you're so calm, you're an inspiration. Having done this job for so long, wh- what do you think are some of the top lessons for you?
1: Um, <coughs> sure. I mean, I've learned a lot about news and about how news works. But, um Yeah, I mean, I think I've got a more spiritual philosophy about things in that everything we do, whether it's at work or at home or out shopping, it's all about relationships. Mm. Um, Everything boils down to relationships, and at the end of the day, we're going to remember our relationships um, and the connections we've made. And work is just another set of relationships. And, you know, obviously I've got my relationships with the colleagues in the office, but I've also got a relationship with people who are watching me at home and I have a duty to them to ask the questions that I think are important so I'm there to serve them honestly I believe that Mm. and um, I also want to provide clarity Uh, I also think in this world that is getting increasingly polarized the truth is often quite nuanced and the simpler you can explain things the better so that we all are on the same page um it's very very easy to jump to conclusions it's very very easy to jump to outrage um and to turn on someone and i just don't think that's the way towards a peaceful coexistence and getting ahead because at the end of the day we all want the same things we want to have a a peaceful home we want to try and build our lives uh we want to feel safe and secure Um, and i try and appeal to all of that that's the context when we look at South Africa the things that aren't working you know for me that's that's the framework
0: yeah I I know this is a a very difficult question to ask a a broadcaster like like yourself um, but would you say radio or or TV we we, Mm. all of us have a first love but it's also okay to go I enjoy both because they're fundamentally they're so different in Mm. a way but also so Mm. similar
1: I must say, you know radio is actually more intimate in a way, like it's just your voice. um sometimes the pictures can almost distract from the message um but i do I do love television, and I think it's that you know I've got a drama degree as well as a journalism really? I did journalism and drama at Rhodes, and <laughs> That's oh, there so you dope. Are. <laughs> and i I love the theater of television, I love the lights, yeah I love the crew, I love the energy um and yeah it's it's heightened. On television compared to radio. Because yeah. radio can just be you and your mic. And you can basically broadcast from everywhere. Anywhere. Maybe a sound engineer. Hello, Mario. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's very agile. Television is a whole stage production. And that's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, that, that that's, that's, that's so cool. I like that. All right. It's 10.30. Hanging
1: out with Clement.
0: On 702.
1: Let's walk the
0: talk. 25 minutes before 11 o'clock. We're hanging out with Sally Badet. On the hanging out feature this morning. You look so cool. Um, how's the weather there in Cape Town?
1: <laughs> it is not cool. I'm in a very cool studio. Is thank it- goodness. <laughs> It's ridiculous. Um, I was last week. I looked at the the, the temperature dial in my car. It was thirty six degrees, and I was messaging my husband, and yeah. they were sitting in, in England at minus four. So, <laughs> talk about extremes. Yeah, it's very yeah. warm here. Okay. Beautiful. In fact, Cape Town's just showing off at the moment. Really. Right. So, like, yeah. Beautiful weather. Everything's gorgeous. Really lovely.
0: Yeah, that's incredible. All right, let's go back to the calls and and the WhatsApps as well. Let's start with. Um, a colleague that you have also worked with, uh, Sally. Um, Hi, tembekile mkotooto on the line. Hi, Tembekile.
1: Hello, Clement. Hi, Sally Birdette. Hello, darling.
3: How are you?
1: <laughs> Living my best life. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm well,
3: thank you. Um, As you know, Clements, you, know, you said colleague. I met Sally, the manager. Yeah. Sally gave me my first TV news anchoring job. In 2016, I was, what, 24 years old? I don't know what she was thinking. Talent. No, was Raw talent.
1: And she put me on air. <laughs> <laughs> and then... On, yeah. I don't, I don't know You're so you talented, what, I mean. what can I say? Sorry, carry on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, coming from the great study with death, I'll take it.
3: <laughs> and then we went on, right, from the... Sally being my manager, then eventually at the beginning of the pandemic, we were both at ENCA still, and we actually got to anchor a couple of shows around the time of the first lockdown, etc. And it was the first time really that I I can say that I felt intimidated co-anchoring with someone because I mean, yeah. not only is it the Sally that we all grew up watching on Emu's Prime Time, but when you watch Sally prepare, because Sally starts texting the work group from like eight nine in the morning yeah <laughs> what she wants to do at 6 p.m but when she gets to work she still reads everything i mean there was a point during covid where i was like well this should be my doctor, yeah. <laughs> she my doctor about COVID. and i've just had such a immense love and respect and i owe so much of my career and what it's become too sadly mm. and I've, I've admired her from afar and been grateful i've been well, in fact lucky enough to sit next to Sally for a couple of months and watch her work and learn from her. So I'm grateful for that. I just wanted to thank you, Sally, for
1: everything over the years. Uh, You know what? It's been such a pleasure working with you. I think uh, Tim Bikile is the person who's made me laugh most on air. Oh, yeah. Just completely cracking me (laughs) up with his outrageous uh, sense of humor. But but one of the things I've really loved doing while I was a manager as well, I was also developing young talent. And mm. then when a demo comes across your desk like Tembekila and you go, okay, he's got it. He can mm. absolutely do this. Mm. Um, not only a really good broadcaster, but someone who is passionate about news. Yeah, I mean, look, really at, passionate. look at
0: him now. Um, a whole prime time host, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, that's incredible. Uh, thank <laughs> you, m'hototo um for the call. Let's go to some WhatsApps.
1: Hi, Clement. Uh, this is Sadia. Um, I just want to say I have a 23-year-old brother, and when he was starting to talk, he
2: used to hear Sally Baudet on, um, on the radio, because my parents <laughs> used to listen. And uh, he would say, one of his first things, phrases he would say was, Sally Baudet. There
1: you go. Uh, like B I D E, oh. like Bidet. It was the cutest thing.
2: So, yeah. Awesome show. Thank, thank
0: you.
2: So cute. <laughs> thank you, Clement, for having uh, Useli. Hello to her. I started listening to her, I think it was in, if I'm not mistaken, in 2000, year 2000, when she was still on SAFM doing a, a midday show there. And I've always, always been a
0: fan of her. May God bless her. Ah, thank you. Therefore, in Shabville, good morning. Good morning, how are you? Hi, uh, Rewana. How are you?
3: Good, 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 good. Um, Sally, uh, my question to you is what is your sense of uh, the state of South African journalism, uh, specifically uh, referring to the, the broadcast journalism? Uh, the reason mm-hmm. I'm asking this question is, um, you know. My sense is, if you look at, say, BBC NBC, CNN, and the sort CNNs of this world, they use those seasoned, you know, journalists. But when you look at South African media, particular broadcasting, um, it is it is so generalised that when you listen to some of the, the the reporting, there is no context, there is no depth. There's lots of uh, mispronunciation of names. There's no sense of background or history. People are just mm. they're just reading the scripts. Um, no journalism
0: is coming through Mm. thank you thank you for the question therefore in Shabville, yes Mm.
1: it's very interesting I I hear what he's saying because um you know you do need experienced people in broadcasting in every um, uh, field of journalism but you need both you need your young people who will shake things up who will give you new ideas who will who will challenge Mm. um but they also need to be nurtured not sort of worked to the bone so that they are so shattered they can't deliver their best work you put even the best journalist or the, the the young journalist with the best potential into a newsroom where there's not enough support for journalists um, that they're asked to do too many things um, they very rapidly start making mistakes and I mm. do think sadly it's um, it's a feature of broadcast journalism not only in South Africa but I think internationally but I think in South Africa um, it's a small pool and I think it is a very difficult situation because Television specifically, as you know, Clement, it's many-layered. Um, and the the whole role of television is to look utterly seamless, but it goes from your video editor who's choosing the exact right shot mm. in conjunction with the journalist to go over a very specific sentence. Let's take that shot, not that shot. That takes time to make really good journalism. It takes time. Younger journalists need mentors. In fact, when I went back full-time into the newsroom in 2013 my job was story development editor it was to sit with young journalists and help them flesh out their stories help them with that context Mm. um, and help them keep the viewer in mind help them with scripting wherever they might need it and if I think of the people that mentored me when I was a young journalist um, you know it's absolutely critical and I do worry that everyone's so thinly stretched in newsrooms these days they don't have enough time to look for the context i mean it's ironic because we've we've got so much access to so to to, to internet searches we shouldn't have any excuse for not Absolutely. knowing the details of a story and mm-hmm. i do think there is an element of you know not doing enough but i also think that there's a very strong element of not enough time too much to do mm-hmm. um and sheer exhaustion
0: mm-hmm. mo- mo- uh, is it moss in
1: four ways good morning Hi, uh,
0: Kevin. Hi, uh, man. Go ahead.
3: Mm-hmm. Just one question for Celia. I I used to watch her from you know from right from the beginning, mm. and and my observation has been that when she started, she was very aggressive, and uh, and and even when she did interviews, mm. um, she she I, I I actually was 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 put off by the fact that she was aggressive, mm-hmm. but she. She has changed so much, and, and she, she, she mellowed, if if I could use the, the, the word. Mm. And I wanted to find out from her whether that was a conscious effort mm. or whether it, it's something
1: that just happened.
0: Mm. Th- thank well, you, Moss.
1: Re- that's interesting. Have you seen that transition in me, Clement? Do you see um, a change?
0: No, because I didn't watch you back then, and I yeah, wasn't listening I was... to you back then. So I've yeah. only... S- I mean, I, 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 when I came to the news environment, mm. especially from my varsity days, that's, that's when I really started experiencing you on television. Mm. So you've been the same consistently since I started watching.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure. You know, he's obviously got a couple of examples in mm. mind. Um, I
0: mean, Bongani said to me this morning, um, in fact, um, he, he once sent me um, this uh, clip, which is so fascinating. I'll forward to you. Um, i forward to you, Sally, of Katie, this journalist from the U.S. who was interviewing Sarah uh, Palin. It uh, was mm-hmm. a, a fascinating interview. And Bongani this morning said to me, you are like our Katie because Katie's style of, you know, broadcasting and journalism and asking questions is she's so tough, but so soft. So she's hmm. not a time that's gonna go, No, 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 you stole money. No, no, no. They're still gonna they're gonna get they're gonna they're gonna hold yeah. you accountable and ask you the tough question but in the most softest and calmest I mean, of ways.
1: That is the best compliment because mm. I don't think you know, I, my my approach to, to doing interviews is mm. you don't have to be angry. Mm. Um, possibly as a young journalist I was a little bit more I mean I'm not I'm not feeling that, but I think interestingly, as you as you get older in the profession you realise you can make your point. Um, without being too strident um, I, I also think it depends on the the person you're interviewing mm. most of the interviews you do it's about getting information uh, finding out the facts and every now and then you know that you've got a an accountability interview to do and there you can be tough you know I mean I think that when did I interview Carl Niehaus a few years ago that was a tough interview oh I was holding him to account and we had a big fight mm. and he told me I speak too much <laughs> <laughs> and I um, you know what I'm saying yeah I mean that was that was quite a tough one but I don't think I don't think I lost my cool yeah. it's interesting some people say they want me to be more aggressive
2: Yeah. Uh, but it's yeah. actually
1: not my style the way I am now is how I like to be I do like to be quite insistent and picky yeah. um, but I don't see any once you've lost your cool for me You've lost, you've lost control it. of the interview and in fact
0: what in my little experience is when a, when you lose your cool that's exactly what they want yeah. um i've interviewed people whose strategy is to get to you so that you start losing it and you start screaming mm-hmm. at them if you are so confident in the in the questions you have and in your research just yeah. ask the questions Absolutely. And you're, good yeah. to, you're good to go. And sometimes
1: you only need one question answered and it, yeah. it's not being answered. <laughs> and people can make out what they will out of that, yeah. right? Okay, yeah.
0: let's take a quick ad break. It's 14 minutes before 11 o'clock. When we come back, um, I'll go more at your voice notes and I'll take a couple of calls as well before we wrap up. Also, I'd like to play at least one last song before we wrap up. Please, Abel.
1: Hanging out with Clement
0: on 702.
1: Let's walk the
0: talk. It's going up to 10 minutes before 11 o'clock. We're hanging out with Sally Badad. She is live to us from our Cape Town studios. But I'm I'm literally sitting next to you. So if just to give you a sense of what's happening. I've got like a big laptop here next to my computer, next to my mic. And I can see Sally literally in real time. And she can see me too. So this is a live interview, Cape Town from Jeovic to Cape Town, but we're actually next to each other.
1: Technology is Technology, a wonderful hey. thing. What do you do for
0: fun, Sally? Because, you Ooh. know, people in news, you know, p- when people look at people in news, often they think all you guys do is just consume news. Mm. What do you well, do my for fam- fun?
1: My family would say uh, I still consume too much. I bake. I bake. Oh, I've heard you're an incredible baker. (laughs) I love baking. In fact, my grandfather was the village baker in a little town in England called Wimeswald. Mm -hmm. And he used to get up very early and make the bread for the town. So I think it's in the genes. Mm. Um... I really like making a sort of celebration cakes. Um, I like doing fondant work, and I can make fondant roses and lots of chocolate and all sorts of things. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that's my thing. And I, I just switch off when I bake.
0: Mm. I do enjoy that. Very that's much.
1: interesting. Um, uh,
0: and and and, uh, are you a fun? Has anyone said to you you're actually funny? Uh, do you consider yourself funny?
1: Funny, peculiar, funny, ha ha. It's like, not funny Ha 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 And I'm on the ground But like Because
0: my, my recollection When when I In the shot stand When I would work with you One of the mm. things I enjoyed Was the little gossips We used to do In the makeup room Before we went on it. <laughs> And I always found you funny Because We would find the most Ridiculous things to talk about <laughs> In makeup And and it would be so funny to me. And I thought mm.
1: she is so funny. Um, <laughs> I do. I I do enjoy laughing, and I do think that laughter gives you, you know, it, it gives you great perspective, and it keeps you, it keeps you grounded, you know. And yeah. a little bit of you know self-deprecation is also important, <laughs> not to take oneself too seriously. And uh, absolutely, absolutely. All right, let's go to Moses in Victoria. Hi, Moses. Hi, Grandmother.
3: Uh, hi, Tada. Oh, hey, sure, good of sure, you. Sure. Korea, yeah, you're such a good reader, eh? Good reader, good reader. Um, I'm Thank blind, you. but I, I always, follow, I love, I always like how you read. I want to ask one or two. Um, what are you going to do in England? Will you be working or will you be owning um, a media company? And then two, Ooh. in your whole career, in your whole career, silly, have you have, have you ever been instructed not to carry out an interview or ask a certain question to mm-hmm. a certain politician? And if so. Which media was that,
1: and by who? Mm. <laughs> Name and shame. Ooh,
0: Moses, ooh, ooh. love okay. it. Controversy. You, Moses.
1: First question. Moses, I don't have a plan. I'm gainfully unemployed at the moment. Um, I am flying over to England next week, and then I'll start hustling. I have got some leads, but I don't have anything. <clears throat> so I'm taking a bit of a adventurous leap. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't have a plan. I mean, I have a plan. I have a rough plan. Mm. But um, my focus is um, my son at the moment, and he's settling in Cape Town beautifully. And then next week, once I land, I will start uh, calling up some of my contacts and seeing. And I don't mind what I do, really. You mm. know, it's, it doesn't have to be on air. I'm, I'm easygoing. I don't mm. mind. Mm. Second question, look, I think every place I've worked, there's been an attempt uh, to sort of say, oh, you shouldn't do that, or so-and-so's phoned in and is very cross. The truth is, um, it is the role of a good news editor of any newsroom to decide whether that attempt to tell your journalist what to do is a, is a good point, because sometimes mm. people do make a good point, and yes, that was not a very good interview, mm. and then you need to take it on the chin. Mm-hmm. And other times it needs to be ignored. I'm not going to name names, but I do think there have been a few occasions uh, when... Interviews are suddenly not happening and you go hang on a minute very few and far between I have to say that generally um, I've been left to my own devices. I Mm. work on my own questions um, And questions that have been suggested have always been useful and um, They haven't been with any particular slant. I do think that there are interests in every broadcast field uh, Mm. You know every ownership private or public and you have to navigate that Um, If you've got a good boss you've got someone who's managing that um, then you pick your battles.
0: Mm, yeah. All right. Silly, I really want us to play, because you've got such a great lineup and, and selection of songs that you sent us. Which one would you say <sighs> we do quickly before we wrap up? There's Eddie, <sighs> Eddie Grant. Okay, um, so I'll tell
1: you which ones yeah. I like and then you choose. So Eddie Grant, Give Me Hope, Johanna is my, you know, it was written during the apartheid by Eddie Grant about mm. South Africa, but Johanna is obviously referring to Johannesburg. Mm-hmm. And he's saying Give Me Hope. For mm-hmm. me, that's, It's still relevant today, because Joburg is really going through the most. And I love Joburg, always have loved Joburg. And my heart breaks for Joburg at the moment. It needs to come right. And Eddie Grant's song is is a hopeful one. Well, say no more.
0: (laughs) Clement, it's uh, Rich Twyla here. Um, uh, it's a good thing that you have Sally there I've, I've worked with Sally so much uh, Producing, I've been a content producer On, on ENCA With her And uh, doing different shows indeed I even once produced Your show Clement And I must say guys, it's a good combination there I really enjoy myself uh, listening And hearing uh, Sally It's just so sad that um, she's living in the south But um, We had a great time with her Thank you so much Ah, That's beautiful. Thank you, Rich. (laughs) Thank you for the message. Um, I'm going to wrap up with some of the messages here. Sally Knox says, Sally, I'm wishing you all the best. You've been an inspiration in the media world with your work ethic and broadcasting skills. Uh, Another one says, good morning, Clem. I want to salute Sally for her outstanding career. I followed her progress since her days at Radio South Africa. South Africa SAFM. To me, she filled the void left by an equally outstanding radio personality um, at the time. Uh, Graduated from a young girl who once presented... a Saturday show in her PJs. Hello, family. (laughs) My recollection of Sally Badad was in 1995 when she used to read the news on SAFM. Um, After she had uh, finished reading, my son, who was three years at the time, would start crying saying she wanted Sally (laughs) 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 Badad. when I picked him up from crutch or preschool. (laughs) He would immediately ask uh, to put on Sally Bader. Oh, that's so cute. Another one says, thanks for bringing Sally on, Clement. What an Um, An amazing, eloquent and prolific Journalist and broadcaster Also, I love that she's a fan of Ndatevusi Vusi That's a message from Karabo in Bryanston. Thank you, Celibadette For being such a wonderful soul I enjoyed working with you Um, You are amazing You are such an inspiration And thank you for the work that you've done For this country
1: Thank you, thank you for having me And it's been an absolute honor To be on your show, to work with you and also, to to have the privilege of speaking to South Africa. I've really enjoyed every moment. I'll see you in Windsor
0: in Absolutely. April. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> come through, come
1: through. Cheers. Cheers, Clement.